Welcome to Val F.B. Stuttgart Americana, an American-based English language Val F.B. Stuart fan podcast where our views are unofficial, uninformed, and usually unprepared. We are super prepared today, though, as we are in episode 50, an episode so important that we actually flew in one of the founding members of the podcast who listens to the podcast religiously. He's on the podcast almost every fifth podcast. <laughs> Jeff, you can reach him at Hennis Lover. Jeff. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm actually happy uh, to be back and that uh, you used some of the budget to fund me out here, <laughs> the, from the pod- podcast budget, uh, <laughs> to get me out here. And I'm excited to be on uh, podcast number 50. Yeah, it's uh, we've used a lot of our Red Stripe and Rustolian money uh, to, to get you out here. Going into this match, I mean, we all know the result of this now. Stuttgart, in dramatic fashion, won the match and added time. I think the entire neighborhood heard both of us actually cheer, even though it was your beloved Billy Goats versus my beloved Stugart. Just before we even get into breaking it down, let's break it down. Uh, how, wow. how is just the Stugart family feeling today? And I consider you part of the family. Uh, relieved, uh, I think. They're feeling pretty relieved. I actually, and we had talked about this, I went back two weeks and fully expect you to get four points in mm. the next in the following two weeks so i think stugart is feeling uh definitely relieved i think finishing 15th time to take a deep breath celebrate mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of beer flowing <laughs> around germany and <laughs> some parts of the states and mm-hmm. and you know it's it's time to celebrate you you finish 15th you might as well finish 10th or 12th or seventh or eighth it doesn't make a difference no you're right yeah 15th or eighth place pretty much all the same thing when it's all said and it's funny because you were on the outside of this but you were very calm and you predicted early on that Stuart was gonna get four points you even predicted the draw versus munich you definitely predicted the win against your team uh the billy goats and your confidence and optimism was so offsetting that we didn't want you on the podcast for a good solid month because that's just not the way that uh i felt that <laughs> the way that we roll yeah. Here, but as we, as, as we go into the match, we go into match day 34. Uh, all the games are on the same time, so you and I uh, had a particular setup outside over on our porch this weekend. We had the door or the Dortmund and Hertha match on the laptop. We had pulled the TV out, and we had the Stuttgart Cologne match on the uh, the porch as well. So we had both matches going on at the same time. We had our good luck kits, our good luck scarves. You actually had your bad luck kit because mm-hmm. you're a good friend. And uh, explain that for a minute. So I have this uh, kit I think I got probably three or four years ago. Love the shirt, love the jersey, uh, but we never, ever, ever win when I wear it. So I thought that maybe I would wear it out here. See that <laughs> luck continued. I really didn't have much to play for. I might did a, a little bit, but Really wasn't a huge deal for Cologne, I think, in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wore the kit and and uh, and uh, honor, and hopefully they would do some good for Stuttgart. And I think that uh, the fans uh, owe me. <laughs> That's yeah, that kit is very. The streak continues, and you and I will talk about this later. Have a number of wagers in which um, I owe you mm-hmm. significant amounts of mm-hmm. food, uh, beverages, jerseys, you know, the whole the whole nine yards. And speaking of kits, Stuttgart broke out their uh, lucky kit which I happen to have a version of the original version from their 1992 championship season when it came down to the very last match day, decided they would win the Bundesliga, which they did in dramatic fashion, which is ironic because this was a very dramatic match. So they had their 1992 
anniversary kit that was super baggy, super 90s, super, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, did you uh, appreciate the kit? I love the kit. I'm not going to lie. I think it's like, you know, we had talked about this. There's only so much you can do, uh, both of our teams, with red and white. Um, you know, it, it certainly reeked of 90s. I like the felt lettering was great. <laughs> A normal size is two sizes too big mm. into his age. Mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that you actually even had the kid on hand to wear. Yeah, it was. One. So mm-hmm. that will be, yes. I, I had one in my basement from uh, a replica from the 92 season, and I pulled that out. Very baggy, very 1990s. Reminded me of all the, <laughs> the very fancy clothes I wore back yeah. back in those days. So we go into the match. Now, Stuttgart didn't make very many changes. Omar Marmouche was... On the bench this time, and Orel Mangala, who had been playing well, was in the starting lineup. I was cautiously optimistic heading into this. Uh, Stuttgart had kind of an up-and-down run of form, but they had that dramatic draw versus Bayern Munich. They were playing at home. I thought that would be a big deal for them. The players were relatively healthy, as we were going to have. And what I thought going into this one is that Baumgart, your coach, needs a win here to try to get into Europa play. And Baumgart, your coach, is going to go for the win anyway because that's just the way he plays. He's not going to sit back. He's not going to play defensive. And I think for two weeks in a row, Stewart kind of got the team they needed mm-hmm. to allow them to play the way they want to play. You know, attacking, counterattack football. Stewart doesn't tend to play well against teams like the Billfelds that are going to kind of hunker down a little bit. So going into this one, I was feeling cautiously optimistic that we could get a result. My pessimism was with Dortmund. I didn't think Dortmund would show up in that final match. So it was just a rough spot because we didn't control our own destiny. And watching the Hurta match at the same time, I was oddly calm because no matter what we did, we still had in our back pocket the 16th place relegation playoffs, which, to be honest, I thought our season was going to be extended another two weeks. What were your thoughts going into this one? Were you feeling good about it? Were you just calm because it didn't really matter where was your head at well i certainly wasn't calm i'm sitting on your porch <laughs> watching stukar play i cannot be calm during that but i think honestly i think if you were to ask any odds makers going into the game you know stukar down three points i would still bet i would honestly still bet that most people would assume based on the matchups that stukar would have been the team that would stay up in the bundesliga and, and herta would be the team you know playing for the relegation spot and so you know, I mean, honestly, you know, the, the Hertha game was turned out, we'll talk about that later, turned out to be probably more of a uh, of a sweater for sure than mm-hmm. we had anticipated, at least I had thought. Um, I really believe, though, going in that you had some great momentum coming off that draw in Bayern. We didn't play well against Wolfsburg. You know, I'm not going to lie. We, we put our lineup out there that we would use to win a game. We had number seven sewn up no matter what. So we had a Euro conference. We could have got number six. We needed some help from Union losing. They end up winning. So it didn't make a huge difference for us. But that being said, it wasn't like we we weren't trying to win. I felt, though, going in, you had a lot of momentum. You were at home. You know, you had a lot of talent. You were very healthy. Uh, you had the home crowd behind you. And I, I was actually pretty – not just trying to make you feel better <laughs> and calm you down. I actually felt like you had a really good chance of survival. Mm. Um Based on the scenarios I just described, I think that you, you know, no one anticipates Hertha beating, you know, Dortmund. Right. And, and Dortmund has certainly played some pretty awful games this year. They've played great and they played awful. So you never know what you're going to get. 
from them. But I, I, I felt pretty good about it. I think that for the most part, resigned to 16 and with no chance of 17 is also a little comforting mm-hmm. in a way, knowing that worst case scenario, you got a couple weeks, you got to make another weekend to play, to play. But, but I was pretty confident you finish at 15. Now, yeah, you're. So we were both somewhat optimistic going into this one, and the match started off on fire. Uh, so I'm gonna throw some stats at you real quick, and you comment on the one that you think is the most important. So this game was an epitome of Stuttgart's entire season: missed chances, poor goalkeeping, all in one really 60 minute segment uh, that we were able to see there. So. Here's some stats. The XG was 4.16 to 1.4 for Stuttgart, 24 shots to 13 for Stuttgart, 12 shots on target to two for Stuttgart, six big chances to one for Stuttgart. I don't know what that means, but FOMOP says we had six of those. Eight to 10 corners, so you guys had more corners. The Stuttgart XG in the first half alone was 3.2. Now here's one more stat. Saves, goalkeeper saves. One save for Stuttgart, 10 saves for Schweba. Your goalkeeper, of all those stats I mentioned, which one or two stand out the most to you? I'm going to use number one, A and B. Ten <laughs> saves for Schweba was um, was huge. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking like these shot on, shots on goal where the ball kind of dribbles in and, and you know, without the goalie, of course, it's going to be a goal. There were some legit saves that Schweba had, so... He was amazing. Number two, or one B, I'm sorry, would probably be Muller with one save. <laughs> I don't recall that ever happening in that game. Um, I'm in kind of blown away how our XG was 1.4. I think the, the Modest goal was a 1.0 in itself because I think anybody could have scored that. I don't know where the other 0.4 came from. We pretty much were pretty um, pretty uh, anemic on offense. And I think that the other one would probably be Honestly, uh, we had 10 corners. I would give that number closer to zero. Your corner kicks are deliciously awful. Yeah. <laughs> They're, yeah. They are – I don't know if they – like you have Modest, who's one of the best strikers in the Bundesliga. He's really kind of had a rebirth to his career this season. But you could never get the ball to him no. in the box. It was like you just – they dribbled over and over. So it was – Terrible. They were pretty pretty rough there. The number that stuck out to me was just the XG. It was ridiculous. I'm going to go through some of this. So there's the penalty kick that was missed in the 12th minute, Mangala in the 16th minute, Kalajic in the 21st minute, Dino in the 35th. Tiago Thomas had a breakaway in the 48th minute, basically. Kalajic again in the 53rd. Dino had a header that was wide in the 58th. Omar in the 82nd and 83rd. Dino again in the 84th. This doesn't even include later in the match. Uh, Koulibaly's super offside which he there was a breakaway i i think it was eric tommy and Koulibaly. it was a two on zero and Koulibaly I, was so far offside that when tommy finally passed it he actually fell down <laughs> yeah the great thing about that two on zero was even though it was offside by 15 yards i don't think they even got a shot off anyway <laughs> no so technically it wasn't <laughs> an attempt um, i remember when they put Koulibaly in and i think it was 80 something minute i was like uh oh boy but they had to because so here's what's going so we go into halftime up a goal and i'm just like every stuttgart fan is saying we should be up at least two maybe even three but your goalkeeper is just playing out of his mind he's going to end up being the man of the match 
for uh, both Fot Mob and for Kicker. He got a rating of one, which you and I have never seen before, at least not for our clubs you've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> he sense. was just outstanding. And so I'm going into halftime saying we should be up a, a comfortable two to zero, maybe even three to zero, so that we can actually turn our match off and just focus on the Berlin match. And we're not. It's one to zero. And then sure enough, we come out of halftime, and 15 minutes later, it's it's one to one. The only thing I think that kept me from throwing the TV off the porch was the fact that in Dortmund, it was still one to nothing Berlin at that point. We didn't control our own destiny. So 1-1, one, 0-1, one, one, and Stuttgart, it, it, I couldn't get too upset about it because, you know, however many miles away it is to Dortmund from Stuttgart, it, Dortmund's not taking care of their business. Yeah. We had talked about that at halftime. How, you know, one to nothing was, you know, of course you want to go into halftime up a goal. If you were to ask anybody, would you like to go into halftime up one nothing? It's just sure. But in reality speaking, you should have been up three nothing, maybe four nothing. And I don't believe in moral victories in professional sports. We've discussed that. So the fact that you're only up by one was actually a pretty dangerous place to be. You're outplaying us by far. Should have had at least three goals. And now you're like, God, we're still one one mess up away from having this game tied and we're destroying them. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. We actually started the second half a lot better. You're thinking, oh my God, here we go. Yep. Um, Cologne started to play better. We should have a comfortable lead right now. And you mentioned the Dortmund game. For some reason, you know, I kept thinking, I, as the time went on there, I w- it was getting a little bit scary. I wasn't quite too worried when it was early one nothing in that game. But as time started ticking by, like, ah, they need to get two goals, not just one, to finish this out. So you start paying more attention to the Dortmund game as time gets on. And so, yeah, so the, the news breaks in the 68th minute or so of the Berlin game that Holland, who is leaving to go to Premier League, scores on a penalty kick. So now all of a sudden it's one-to-one in Berlin, and you're thinking, okay, maybe there's a chance now. So both games are really within reach and let's kind of fast forward a little bit let's fast forward to i think it was the 85th minute or so dortmund takes the lead on just a goal from nowhere a great pass great shot and all of a sudden berlin's down now the door is wide open and i'm thinking two things all of those missed chances that we had all game long are going to come back to haunt us but we still have at that point with added time probably about 10 minutes left not just in this game (laughs) <laughs> but in the season. And it was actually really cool because Sven Mislintat, the guy who you asked, is like, why is there a punk rock guy on your guys' bench? I'm like, well, that's actually our director of uh, of sport and scouting. You can see him scroll through his phone and you can see him and the other players who are on the bench stand up and start screaming at the Sugar players what has just transpired and to go all in, full throttle, throw everybody out there. And you can, it was so cool because... It goes through the crowd, and it was almost like a wave of emotion that everybody in that stadium was willing the team to do everything they could to put this game, uh, put this game away. And I just the emotion of that moment was awesome. And then the emotion of the goal itself. Let's talk about that just for a second. Okay, so let's talk about the goal that everybody's going to be talking about for a long, long time. If you're a Stuttgart fan. Endo's goal in the 92nd minute. So we know that Dortmund has scored to take the lead in uh, Dortmund, 2-1 to one over Berlin. That happened around the 85th minute. When that happens, 
Sven Mislintai gets off the bench, tells everybody, let's get going. The players get off the bench, tell everybody, let's get going. It goes through the stands. Everybody says, let's get going. Everybody's saying, let's get going. But in the 92nd minute, there's the corner kick. And we were both surprised because Sosa isn't taking it. Omar is taking it. Walk me through what you saw because it happened so fast. And I've seen it about 37 times since then. But... Yeah, I've seen it about 36 times since then. Because he... <laughs> so it's funny because, you know, uh, I was actually kind of uh, making comments about how, you know, I didn't think that Ennis was sitting on the ball to run the clock. Like you would normally see in a game, like if you got a, if you got a draw. I think it's because in some ways, you know, there wasn't anything that, that Hennis Cologne was was protecting as far as it's concerned. Like, they weren't protecting the lead. They weren't trying to stall the game. And in some sense, they needed a goal as bad as you guys did. Well, not as bad. But, and then you mentioned, um, or they mentioned on the, t- on the, on the, on the telecast how, uh, you know, you pulled your goalie. He was coming up. And I started to say, I don't think that's a good move. Because you had some offensive momentum. The crowd was getting into it. The last thing you want to do is give up a you know a sixty yard goal because mm-hmm. your goalie's been pulled. I I actually didn't like that move, but I didn't even get the sentence out <laughs> before uh, Marmouche kicked the corner, which we were both surprised by that. Which you know because it did seem like even after his injury that Sosa was actually doing okay, right? And you know and honestly, the, it was it was an amazing, and thank God for that. I think we, we both made a comment. Earlier in the day, like Endo needs to score. He needs to be the one to score if he scores this game because there's two opportunities he had. Yeah, it, it was crazy because I was totally fine with Mueller coming up, but I, it, we didn't have much time to analyze it because the kick went in off Ito. Uh, Kalijic was getting all the credit from the announcer because everything happened so fast. And I've seen a bunch of steel, still images of it. And the way that Endo hit it with or put it in with his head you didn't know it had gone in initially Mm -hmm. because he hit it and it hit the top of the net going in. And so there was this brief moment of, I don't know if that actually went in or if Endo missed another chance. He had so many chances that we didn't even mention it earlier in the podcast, the two chances that he missed. And so he puts it in. You and I are screaming like the idiots we are on the front of my porch. Everybody goes bananas the thing I thought was really cool is everybody, the players are rushing down to the uh, that side of the, the pitch. The coaches are rushing down to that side of the pitch. Assistant coaches are rushing down that side of the pitch. There's some amazing pictures of Sven Mislintat, who is probably one of the few people in the world that I'm in better shape than, who is rushing down the, the side of the pitch. Uh, it was just, a couple of things were going through my mind is, oh my God, we've done it. Oh my God, the, guy, the perfect guy to do it has done it. Um, the pure emotion of everybody there, of you and I, of every Stuttgart fan in the world at that point. There's a great video of Matarazzo's parents going nuts uh, in New Jersey when that the goal happened. The other thing that's going through my head is there's still two minutes left, and there's probably still actually four minutes left because the celebration, It I think we timed it on one of the, the yeah. times that we watched it. The celebration went on for almost two solid minutes. Yeah, I think it was, a, it was funny because it was a two... Two minute, I think it was a two minute, 15 second celebration. But the cool thing about it, I thought that was, is that normally you'll see the other team, you know, kind of grab the ball, run to the middle of the field, put the ball down to kind of get things going a little bit. But there was no sense of hurry, mm-hmm. obviously on your side, which I don't blame you, but on our side either. You know, I mean, the pure emotion of the moment, you know, let it sink in. I mean, Amada was looking for someone to hug. Everyone was looking for someone to <laughs> hug. You and I were hugging. Um, 
and my team was losing and i was like <laughs> i felt the elation go through because you know it, the 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 amount what it meant for your team and by then thankfully anyways our you know the berlin was up by one in their game so we had no chance anyways mm-hmm. so it was completely fine let let the emotion take place don't interfere with that and you know it's funny because we watched that a thousand times and that header went practically straight up i know <laughs> and i mean there's all these woulda coulda shouldas but i mean he had had he been a foot even a foot back mm-hmm. that header either launches over the goal again mm-hmm. or it hits the top crossbar and bounces out and god knows what happens from that point on right um and it just i mean the whole thing it worked and you and you saw and i'm sure we'll get this but you saw endo after the game i mean the guy looked I was just completely relieved. I mean, he looked right like he had um, he had just exercised all those demons from the game before because a lot was on him. And honestly, you know, we we talked about how Moeller owes him, you know, eighteen hundred ninety three <laughs> cases of beer because he completely bailed him out. Right. Um, it was perfect. It ended. It ended perfectly. At a time. You know, Berlin had just uh, lost their lead or lost mm-hmm. their draw early, like five minutes before that. So things were building up. You can see the crowd was stirring, you know, and, it, and I don't think it could have worked out any any better. Yeah, it was crazy because we were also watching the Berlin match, um, the Hertha Berlin match, because you alluded to you guys needed uh, a certain result in the Union Berlin match so that you guys could maybe move out of the Europa Conference League to just the Europa League. But that match had been put away. So you guys had nothing to play for really at that point. And then the Hertha Berlin match, they showed a picture of a lady who was on her phone in the stands, a Hertha fan, when the Stuttgart, Stuttgart result came in and how there was just, they were completely deflated where we were completely yeah. elated. I, and it was funny, there were still two minutes left and, and when they finally blew the whistle and everybody went bananas, everybody went nuts, stormed the pitch, uh, carried Sasa Kalajic around, uh, taking selfies with everybody. You mentioned it. You're like, uh, I think they blew the whistle a bit early at this yeah. point because they probably still needed another at least solid minute you for know, this. Yeah, we had timed that. I think afterward, all the stoppages and, and everything like that. And I think we came at that they probably should have added two more minutes of added time. But I didn't even care as a Cologne fan. I didn't even care. Like mm-hmm. you just blow the whistle, get it over with because wrap it up. Or just just wrap it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that point. You know, <laughs> this team has given up so many late goals too. Yeah, I couldn't help but God, think. I know. And you guys started to just chuck the ball down the field, and uh, thankfully they they blew the whistle. Probably a little when Dino Mavropanos kicked what was the final ball of the season. He actually saved it from either going out of bounds for a long throw in or a corner. I can't remember which. He was able to get to the ball. He was able to get it, keep it from another free kick or free yeah. uh, throw in possession. Um, and hats off to him. He wanted out of the game, too. There's a moment where he called, uh, yeah. get me out of here. And I think maybe they were going to try to. But So once he gets that last kick and the ball stays in bounds and he boots it down the pitch, the referee blows the whistle. It's over. Uh, and you, as it turned out, often are the voice of reason. You were correct. Yeah. They were able to finish in 16th place. Or I'm sorry, 15th place. They were safe. Herta was not. End of the season, to be able to watch it with, you, one of the members of the podcast, one of our very best friends, and uh, a Cologne fan uh, was just great. Let's talk about some of the, the stuff afterwards, the wrap-up and the final thoughts. So Kicker gave the game grade a two, which is about as good as you can get. Uh, we talked about this you know, off the air. 
which sounds so professional off the air, which is pretty much always what we do. But mm-hmm. uh, the player of the game, oddly enough, was a player from the losing side. Yeah. Your, your goalkeeper, uh, Shweba, he got a one, which I get we've never seen uh, before. And Endo was the player of the game for, for Stuttgart there. Um, any, any players that you want to mention that we haven't talked about yet or any you know additionals there or just, you know, well, I mean, you know, you have to go with Endo at that moment for the player of the game. And honestly, it's, it's hard to, it is, as cool as it was, as deserving as Schwabe was to get recognition. I don't think any any player from the losing squad, unless, you know, they have a hat trick or something mm-hmm. crazy, deserves that. I mean, he obviously played out of his mind. I mean, it was Jeez. probably one of the best. I mean, you give up two goals, and it's probably the best goaltending game I think I've ever seen. Oh, my God. He, he, was, he was amazing. He was amazing, and he kept that from being a six and one. He kept it into it being a great game and mm-hmm. with a dramatic finish because he was so good in goal. The drama was perfect mm-hmm. the way that it turned out because if it wasn't for our great goalkeeping, your awful goalkeeping, it would have been a pretty anticlimactic game. We probably would have been watching the Berlin game, to be yeah, honest with yeah. you. You know, the scene at the end of the game, Sasa being carried off, was was cool to see. Endo looking like he wanted to pass out and just <laughs> was cool. Yeah. Um, Mata looking for people to hug. You know, your rock and roll GM looking for people to hug. <laughs> um, it was a cool scene. I was telling you, like, you know, I would I would not leave that pitch. I would not go to the locker room until the last fan was out of the stadium because you just want to kind of drink it in. And <laughs> They quite literally did drink yeah. it in. Oh, they did. Yeah. yeah. God, like a 64-ounce Yeah, beer. those giant uh, celebratory beers that's got to be i like that tradition yeah that's not bad i think uh maybe we'll have to start uh start that there that tradition three uh tradition we're gonna move on to part two where matt and i are gonna answer some questions and talk about what the team looks like now what the team might look like in the future and then jeff you'll join us back in part three when we wrap up predictions how's that sound sounds great let's do it All right, welcome back to part two of Outreach to Guard Americana. We just got done talking to Jeff. He'll be back in part three to go over some predictions and such. But joining me for his 22nd episode is Matt. Matt, we want to get a Stuttgart perspective on this. And, and usually at this point, we kind of do the background of what we thought and we jump right into the match. Um, and then we do some headlines and stuff. You know, I think we're just going to skip the headlines. The, the main headline is we survived. <laughs> That's pretty much, pretty much it. We celebrated. I love that Alex Verrill told Uli Honus over in Bayern Munich to shove it. We can celebrate <laughs> the way we want when the Bayern Munich, uh, kind of the president there said, I don't understand why they're celebrating. And Verrill's like, well, you guys celebrated like you finished in 10th place. So a little shots fired. And then Bayern's like, well, we want to buy one of your players. I'm like, oh, whoops. <laughs> so. yeah, Bayern, you know, piss off. Go, you know. You guys, you don't know anything but championships. You don't know uh, the the existential dread mm-hmm. of potentially going down to the second division again, and the purulation of having avoided that and avoided potential financial catastrophe for the club. So, screw off, Bayern. Yeah, it's funny. Before we dive into the game, just to talk about Bayern for a second. Yeah, okay, they won their tenth title in a row, so. There's probably not enough stars in the world to put on their jerseys. As, right. You know, the stars represent how many championships and such. Uh, I, I'm curious if 
being a Bayern fan, it's got to be fun. Obviously, winning is fun. Sure. But when they have a season like this season where they get knocked out of the Champions League relatively early, they get knocked out of the Pokal relatively early in kind of a bad way. Um, they wrap up the Bundesliga season relatively early. If you're a Bayern fan, is that good enough for you? Is that That's not a successful season for you, is it? I got to imagine that they're feeling kind of like that spoiled rich kid who gets the the sports car, but not the GT edition of the sports car with the extra fancy leather seats and the carbon fiber, everything. And like, well, yeah, it's cool, but it's not what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what it's like to be a fan of that. And I think it's very rich of Bayern to criticize, you know, the whole point of the Bundesliga and, and European football in general is it's not just about wins and losses. And we've had that argument before, but the culture of the sport itself, and, and especially in the Bundesliga, and the announcer, I think, nailed it during these celebrations about how unique the Bundesliga is, even in European football, and how the pitch invasion took place. Sidebar, I love the security that just kind of stands there. And yeah. like, All right, you can't go by. Well, you can go by me, but you can't go through me. Right. And everybody no, no, no. You, you must storm the field in an orderly fashion. <laughs> It's, it's so very, German. Very German. It's so German, right? So, so I, I had talked to, um, to my friend who's a, a Wolfsburg supporter, and he had family event stuff going on early in the day. And I told him on Friday, I said, if you only watch one game this weekend, watch the Stuttgart uh, Köln game because of all these implications. And he's, he's brand new to the Bundesliga, brand new to top flight European soccer. He's like, oh, wow, that's like, that's a lot of storylines for a bottom of the table club. Like, yeah, it could be huge. So he texts me at about 1.30 and he said, hey, my son and I are sitting down to watch the Stuttgart game. I've managed to avoid any media, any anything. I have no idea what's going on. He's like, what am I in for? I just said, drama, pay attention. <laughs> And so then he's texting me as he's watching it. He's like, holy shit, the announcer just said that uh, Dortmund allowed a goal and hurt us up. That means you guys are screwed, right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so we're having this conversation. I'm doing the very best I can to just be like, you got to wait and see what happens. And by the end of it, he's just texting me all caps gibberish. It's like, <laughs> this is the most amazing thing ever. I can't believe how excited I am for a game that put a team in 15th place. <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of what's great about this promotion relegation stuff. Right. That's exactly the point that you can have people go absolutely ballistic in Stuttgart and take parts of the pitch. There's a picture of a couple guys walking away with part of the goal yeah. itself. <laughs> I, so I, I got to stop us real quick. What, do you, what are you going to do with that? Like, <laughs> oh, I, I know uh, Flabby Viking, who you know, follows and asks a lot of great questions on this podcast you know, said, you know, one of the questions that he asked is a great one is like, what would you have taken if you were on the pitch? And I agree. I probably would have taken a little piece of the sod and, and grown a little plot in my garden for that. That would have been pretty special. I can see I, that. That'd be kind of cool. I don't know what I'm going to do with the goalpost though. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos to that guy. <laughs> Especially like part of one. <laughs> That's not a solo project. You need help right. with that. When watching, there was three or four guys who were carrying this thing, and it looked super awkward. So you got to imagine these guys are half in the bag. How far from the stadium do they get before they just look at each other and say, this is awkward and heavy, and I don't want to carry this anymore? 
when Jeff and I went to the Stuttgart match and we went to the Cologne match a couple of years ago when we were lucky enough to go to Germany, he got stopped three times walking in because his, I kid you not, beanie looked mysterious. And they checked his beanie three times. At that same game, the Mainz fans and the Hamburg fans, because that's who the opponents were, lit off flares that landed on the pitch. Yeah. And I thought, we both said at the time, it's like, wow, you must look really shady to where they're going to stop you. <laughs> but those guys with explosives, yeah, come, yeah, come on right in. Come right in. No right. Yeah, I don't, there's a lot of questions to be asked about that, but that's part of the unique nature of it, part of the awesome thing. I like that you went there. So this is going to be a pretty haphazard episode, which is saying something for this podcast. <laughs> but I, I kind of want to just focus on moments. And you mentioned, you know, the one there, the, the celebration at the end. Uh, were there any other big moments that just stand out to you a couple days removed from what was, I think the announcer said it perfectly, that that match and that goal by Legendo, which is just a great way to say it. Love that. For many of us who've been following this club is the singular, most exciting, most important match of our fandom there. And so there were just so many moments in that game. I'm going to let you start, maybe just go back and forth on this. Is there anything in particular, whether positive or negative, that kind of stood out to you as you're watching? The game got started and we're generating some chances. And then Endo had those two kind of back to back that he missed. I was like, I was immediately dumped into the black pit of negative expectation. I'm like, this is, this is how this is going to go. We're going to put 72 balls just wide of open nets and we're going to get sunk because this has been our entire season. So immediately off the bat, I was just like, God, this is going to suck. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, you know, just talking about a moment in itself, you know, Tiago getting pulled down so we get the penalty kick and Kalijic, you're like, okay, here it goes. Here, here it comes. We're going to get on the board. Yep. You're like, oh, God, here it goes. But then the just serendipity of immediately the next play, he puts it away, and you're like, okay, we got this. I mean, that was a weird moment because Kalijic missed the penalty, but then he puts Furt's uh, free kick into the box. The place is going crazy. I'm going crazy. And then the next – the entire first half was all Stuttgart. And, and like yeah. you said, it's, it's chance after chance after chance. And you're just that Tiago breakaway. I think it was about the 48th minute, still in the first half. When he didn't make that, you're just, you're going into halftime going, we're up a goal. This is going to go only in one direction. And they're going to draw, they're going to get a draw here. But I was, so anyway, that was one of the moments there is just the, the penalty kick slash corner kick goal. You're like, okay, we got this. The, the range of emotions that took place, you know, back and forth. Yeah, it was the, the Sasa goal did give me hope because we've been waiting all season. He's been, you know, he was out with injury and had COVID scares and then he's just been rusty and not quite himself. So to have him get that header off a corner, it was like, maybe, maybe things are turning around and then Endo's misses. And I went, Nope, things aren't, no, they're, <laughs> we're doomed. And then, Tomas just dude was generating so many good runs and so much good pressure for him to have that huge one-on-one opportunity and just like have a complete brain fart at the last minute and not bury that I would again write down 
in the black pit of negative expectations. It's like, there is no way this goes well for us. Well, if, if we talk about the, the negative moments of it, to me, it, one of the reasons I was so calm during this match is that in the 18th minute in the Dortmund Hertha match, Hertha goes up a goal. So we're mm. up a goal, but they're up a goal. And you're like, this, we're missing chances. Even though we're up a goal, we don't control our own destiny. So it's almost like you had to just sit back and take it because Hertha, or I should say Dorman, wasn't doing their job, which was to right. help us out. So they get to work. Well, that, that was the other part of it. Once they announced that Hertha had gone up by one, I was like, of course, this you know that the the scene from the matrix or the they used to say, not like this not like this that's like, that's where i was um but i was i was still there is a part of me that i'm going we are generating these chances and we are overdue for something to break and if nothing else maybe we can keep calling on the back foot we can keep the pressure up and maybe this lasts and we take it one no and yeah, I, so we just have to hope dortmund can become dortmund again yeah, I was just, I was up. I had this strange level of optimism for our match. I thought we could pull it out. We're just getting so many chances. Of course, they've got Anthony Modest, which you need, they, you can score from anywhere. But I was just so resigned to the fact that Dortmund had checked out. Okay. Yeah. Um, like, I think you're, uh, you said last week, your buddy who's a Dortmund fan was worried that they would just show up and, you know, go through the motions and, and, and that would be it. Well, and there's significant concern of that with, the, with Holland leaving. Like, kind of as a Dortmund fan, my my buddy I was talking to, he's like, yeah, well, we, we got second, which was awesome, but the season's kind of ending on a downer because Holland's off to uh, Man City, and that sucks, and we have no plan to replace him. Right. Well, let's talk about the, the one moment that everybody agrees on. Well, I mean, even before the Legendo shot was the Omar Marmouche for Tiago Tomas in the 58th minute. I... Everybody that we've talked to on Twitter, I said it at the time, and I believe you said it at the time, was like, what is Matarazzo doing? Yeah. Tiago Tomas is amazing. Omar Marmouche has his moments, but mm -hmm. I think somebody on Twitter called him Omar Marmish. <laughs> Miss, uh, misses so much. Huh? God. That, I'm, I'm, the only thing I'm mad about with that is that I didn't come up with it. It's pretty quality. That's, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with... I am with the fan base on this, which is why we're fans and we're not actual decision makers. Is I was like, what are you doing? Right. What is going on here? This makes zero sense to me. What? And then Tommy I, brought it. I mean, to me, that was a huge moment where I'm just like, okay, we're what are we doing? Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. And especially Tomas was creating most of our offensive opportunities. And he was running the, the Colton backline ragged. They had no answer for his speed and for his movement. And while he wasn't burying things, he was creating opportunities. And like I said, I thought our only hope was to keep the pressure up. And I'm still a big Marmouche fan. I think the kid's got a ton of potential. His uh, inability to finish is worrying, but he's, you know, we're still early on with him. So I, that I was like, I, I didn't like Tomas coming out, but I got wanting Marmouche on. What I really just did not understand is Tommy for Furich. I just, Eric Tommy's been a non-entity on this team all season. And then the last couple of weeks, all of a sudden he pops up out of nowhere and Matarazzo's like, yeah, this is my dude. Yeah, I Great for him, but where did this come from? I know I would have understood it a while back if 
remember when you know, Karazor came in and things immediately bounced in the back for the defense. And then Stenzel had his moment there where he was, so I sort of understood that, but Eric Tommy, where did this dude, he's had multiple coaches over multiple seasons and has never been able to make use of those multiple uh, chances. But in the most important matches of the season, this guy's coming on. And you mentioned this many, many episodes ago that Monterazzo wasn't that great of a player. So I think he has a lot of appreciation for the hustle guys, like the Forsters and the Tommies and stuff like that. For sure. So that was just a bizarre moment at the time. And then two minutes later, I think it was, let's talk about the other big moment. I wasn't even looking at Mueller's fumble. I saw the cross go in and I went down to my phone to text somebody or to tweet something. And Jeff, who was sitting next to me, goes, oh, expletive. <laughs> and she, <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw it, Matt, but it went over on Twitter. Once that goal went in, Borna Sosa did the uh, look back, shrugged his shoulders, did the the, the, the Catholic cross or the, the yeah. I'm gonna have to sign of the cross. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Sosa did the sign <laughs> of the cross. It's a hilarious, a hilarious moment especially in hindsight there. I mean, that on top of the fact that Herta at that point was still up a goal. Right. I mean, at that point, you're just, you're thinking I'm going to turn it to whoever the B2 game is tomorrow because that's what matters. We're finishing 16. Yeah. The, the fumble by Mueller, I, it, we can't say it was unexpected. This has kind of been him all, all year, but the ball hits him right in the hands and I can't tell if he's like in between deciding if he wants to punch it away or grab it or if he just couldn't grab it or what. But like the the process in his brain that governed do something with the ball completely froze and he did nothing with the ball and doom. And I think Sosa's reaction there was all of us. <laughs> it was it was really funny to see. And I didn't notice it in real time. I noticed it later when people were posting the, the video on Twitter. But it, it's really funny to see him be like, well, that's what happens with this dude. This is what he does. Let's hope and pray that we can make something happen out of this. Yeah, it was Anton had a similar shoulder shrug, like what is going on? So at that point, that moment, I'm resigned. I'm resigned to the reality of what's going to happen. Yeah. Because we've just lost momentum. We don't control our own destiny. The other big moment, though, is in the 68th minute over in the Dortmund match. Holland scores what turns out to be his final goal for his club, Dortmund, before he moves to the Premier League. So at that point, I'm starting to get a little hope, but I'm, I'm calm because I still just – we need two goals in a matter at this point, 25 minutes probably. I mean, what were your thoughts after the Holland goal? Were you up and at him, or were you just kind of like, eh? I was uh... – thinking well this is good but also this is the universe continuing to punish us <laughs> Dortmund's gonna win opening the door and we're not get, we're gonna get a thousand chances and we're not gonna bury it we're gonna dig our own graves here but seeing it and seeing it so intensely with the because because relegation would be doom potentially for this group could set the team the club and the town back that was really special and I love I just, I love Sven Mislintat. I got nothing but love for that man. He is the avatar of all of us. Um, and he gets to sit on that bench and be part of the action. And just his passion for this team. Like we, we can't complain that our leadership don't care. 
right. which is nice. <laughs> that is that is nice as a as a uh, Cleveland Browns football fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's nice that they have a tiny bit of passion for their team. The next big moment is obviously the Legendo goal, and everybody's seen it. And Jeff and I were joking that I've seen it like thirty six times. I watched it again last night <laughs> just to see mm. it. There's so much in that moment. I, going back just a second, Shweba, their goalkeeper who played amazing, had a long kick, yeah. and then Ito got it to Magala. Magala got it up to Omar. Omar was able to force the corner kick. That series of events right there is just a, a small, big moment to even get the corner kick. Right. And then Omar kicking it instead of Borna Sosa, you're like, what is this? This makes zero sense. We're in the 92nd minute. It's the biggest corner kick of the season. Why is not the best, one of the best free kickers in the game doing it? So Omar does it. Ito de Legendo uh, from Monrato sprinting onto the field, uh, from Fritzel sprinting onto the field, Erzor shirtless on the field. One of the assistant coaches running all the way to the other pylon to celebrate with Endo on the other side of the field. Florian Mueller, who was up there because they had pulled the goalie at that point. Yeah. Up there celebrating by himself, I saw actually <laughs> not on purpose, but in the moment. Uh, of all of that stuff, I think the one that I'm going to remember the most is going back to Sven Mislintot, is watching him and his dad bod. And no offense, Sven. Matt and I talked about this off the air. We're right there with you. We're there, dude. He was just going, just fist pumping, jumping as high as well Woody Harrelson said it white men can't jump there's so much there to take in and have a big moment about uh, Matt was is there any one of those that's more special to you than the other or are they just one or two they all roll together the they're all special and amazing and I'm going to remember all of them I, I particularly I have a an affinity for Fritzl for no particular reason. I think it's kind of hilarious that a team from Southern Germany is a crocodile as their mascot. <laughs> um, but I, I really appreciate how Fritzl jumps in all the celebrations and the players are always like, yay, come on in. It's not like, dude, you're a weird guy in a furry suit, go away. Uh, so Fritzl point. getting involved, just, it makes me happy. And my kids think that Fritzl's hilarious. Mm -hmm. So, that's great. Um, but really, Matarazzo running off the bench was probably the most impactful of, of all of them because he, like, we've been positive about him and negative about him throughout the whole season. But we can't, like we said, we can't argue that he's got passion for this club, that he's doing everything he can. And I really, big picture, I've felt bad for him this season because he's putting the guys in positions to be successful. And we're coming out with game plans that make sense, which is not something we've had at this club a lot uh, in over the last 10 years. He's, you know, some of his substitutions maybe don't always make sense, but the, the overall big picture stuff is great. And he's been getting kicked in the balls for it. Yeah. And so to see this vindication for him and to see him take that moment uh, was really special. Yeah. It's, you have morons like me that are like, well, I don't know about this guy. I mean, and this game was an epitome of the season. Yes. There are times where there's things that you can legit question, but the like the XG for this one was almost five for Stuttgart. It, that's not mm -hmm. Pellegrino's fault that they're not putting some of those right. away there. So yeah, watching him run down the, the pitch, trying to find anyone, someone 
to to hug. You watch it over and over again. I don't know if it was a hug as much as a, a tackle of Kalijic. <laughs> <laughs> that was it was somewhat awkward, but uh, that was good to see. There was that great video on Twitter of his parents in New Jersey celebrating. Yes, with that, that goal was scored. So from Sven to Mata to his parents, that was basically everybody who was wearing a white shirt with a red stripe that weekend. Yeah, and that I love. There was a a moment where Sven was running at Matarazzo, and they both had their arms out, like ah. And then Sven leaps and starts to pick his legs up, like he wants Matarazzo to catch him in the air. And you can see mid-flight that they both realize this is going to end poorly. <laughs> and Sven starts to put his legs back down, and it ends up being this weird, awkward, like half jump collision thing. Um, <laughs> which just I thought was hilarious. Uh, but if, if anybody, if we have anybody listening, all seven of you, uh, <laughs> if anybody's in the greater New Jersey area has a connection to Matarazzo's parents can get us hooked up, I would absolutely love to have a conversation with them about how their experience of this whole thing has been watching their son coach this weird soccer team in Germany. Yeah, that would be a really insightful to us. Not that we would ask any insightful questions because that's kind of not what we do, but just to no, we'd, through. We'd be like Chris Farley from the SNL sketch. You, you remember when, when Die Hard did that thing in that movie? <laughs> that was cool. You remember that thing? <laughs> we did. It'd be 45 minutes of that. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, why be... is Tangy Kulabali? Like, we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, it was, I, I yeah, it, even Koulibaly's moment where they had that. I actually want to give Koulibaly a break because I watched it again on that breakaway. I think it was Tommy that was called offsides, not Koulibaly. But he, my son had a youth soccer game later that day on Saturday we went to. And I think I saw some players with more positional directness than <laughs> Koulibaly has. And this isn't the episode to be hypercritical of anybody. No. Uh, I, I do want to talk about another moment, though, that I put this out on Twitter is I love the fact that, okay, we're up a goal with two minutes or 20 minutes because that celebration went on so long right. left in the match. We timed it. It was two minutes and 15 seconds. That was a long celebration for the refs yeah. to be like, you know, go ahead, do whatever. Then the Cologne players didn't seem to be too upset about it as long as they got their two minutes added to the, the clock. To me though, it was seeing Tommy and Koulibaly I hate it at the end of a match when it's only a couple minutes left and they let the goalkeeper dribble basically all the way up to midfield and kick some long route one ball into mm -hmm. your box. I love the fact that Tommy was sprinting like crazy, forcing their keeper to make a move, not just to let everybody yep. set up. And I mean, they've got Anthony Modest and that guy can score from anywhere. So I really love the intelligence of the team to say, listen, we still have to put pressure on this. And you saw that with Endo. After he scored the goal, he was pointing at his head. We still have to focus. We still have some time left. And so that focus, I thought, was a big moment, not on the scoreboard, but when you add it all up in the results. Yeah, and I, it says a lot about Endo's leadership, too, that after scoring that goal, after having that moment, and you know, get the celebration out, but his first reaction was to tell all of his teammates, stay focused, be locked in, we're not done yet. That's that's huge and just adds to the the legend of Legendo. It's it's funny because I questioned his leadership. 
not that I don't think he's a good guy or that he's a good player. He is definitely he's a good player. He seems like a good guy. You know, I'm not in the locker room. I question the vocalness of the leadership. You know, he's just not that vocal of a guy. So you wonder if that is something that he needs from time to time. When the season works out, though, that calm leadership is praised as keeping things stable, even when you know things tend to get a little bit rocky. So mm-hmm. it was awesome to see him have some personal redemption, you know, over the course of the season, because you're the captain. And if you get relegated, we saw that with Christian Gettner, you take on some ownership of that. But it was also yeah. awesome to see him get some redemption on game day after missing a couple of those opportunities to put away the winner. I mean, I didn't know that was a winner until late because the way that ball went in, it wasn't like it was a laser into the middle of the net. It hit the top of the net. And for a moment there, I was like, oh, well, we ballooned another one. That I, I saw the top of the net pop and it was sitting on my couch. I leapt up off my couch, realizing too late that I had my laptop sitting in my lap. And so it went <laughs> crashing to the floor. And I was just like, if that broke for nothing, I'm going to die. So I leapt up and I'm just, I've got my hands on my head and my youngest is sitting with me. And she's like, what's happening? I don't know yet. She's like, are we celebrating? I don't know yet. She's like, is this good? I'm like, Shut up. I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. When they scored that goal, Jeff and I yelled so loud that the neighbors who know I'm a Bundesliga fan saw me later and they're like, hey, you guys won. I was like, oh, how'd you guys know? I was like, we heard it. We heard yeah. it. And you scared my kid. All right. Can you stop yelling so loud? But the last one I'm going to talk about is a really innocuous one, but it's two guys who have been two big players for the team all year long. So I, the end of the match, Borna Sosa and Dino Mavapanos both saved balls from going out. One saved it from being a corner. The other saved it from being a, a long throw in. And Dino Mavapanos kicked what turned out to be the last ball of the season for Stuttgart. Those are little plays that prevent big opportunities in dangerous moments for the other team. So those, and what I really liked about those moments is earlier in the game, it looked like Borna Sosa was coming out at halftime. I mean, there's been some reports that he has, he's been playing with a strained groin, but he wanted to keep playing. And I'm curious if that's part of the reason he wasn't taking some of those kicks. Um, yeah. And Dino Mavropanos wanted to come out somewhere in the 88th minute or 85th minute or something like that. He was a little banged up. So that was a small, big moment for me to see two guys who have played such a big role in this team's success this year mm-hmm. go all out despite the fact by all accounts, from the eye test, they were pretty banged up. Yeah, and it really it, it speaks a lot to the cohesion of this team. And we've been talking about it all season, that they could have fallen apart at any minute, and they didn't. But I think it's, it's a compliment to everybody on this squad that they've held together. And they knew how big this was. And they're like, it's not going to be me that's not going to hustle this ball and be the reason that – Colin gets a chance like not gonna happen and just you as a fan you love 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 seeing your players dig in deep and do that because that's what you would like to think you would do if you had an ounce of athletic capability <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's so much you know to dive in there's so many of those guys I Mark Elijah raising his hands he actually rose his hands in celebration when Sosa saved the one ball from going out of bounds if you watch the video, he thought the match was over. So mm-hmm. Dino kicks the ball, 
and the whistle blows, he, you can see him walking. He's not 100% sure yet that it's all over, but it was just so many great moments there. So it was fun to break down the match on kind of a tactical standpoint with Jeff earlier in the podcast. It's good to break it down with you on a moment-by-moment -moment kind of basis uh, as to what it meant from kind of an emotional perspective. The Stuttgart store has put out Legendo jerseys that you can get. Uh, so for those of you that are interested, everything is 41% 40 off because that's a totally solid number <laughs> right now. Uh, they, ran, they ran out of the special kits, which um, that special kit will go down in history now. Uh, that's you know, playing a big role in 92's championship season and the 2022 survival season. Uh, so Matt, the question is, uh, if you're going to get a jersey, and we, you and I have been talking a big game all season long, and I think based on how Mueller played, you don't have to go the Mueller route. <laughs> which, which jersey are you, uh, you looking to get? I, I think the only question is, do I go straight endo or do I get the legendo? Because mm -hmm. the legendo is kind of cool and they're offering that Flocka for free. Mm -hmm. So got to love the price. He's been such a huge key part of this season and really this team for a couple of years now. It'd be hard to grab anybody else's. I don't typically like getting jerseys with players' names on the back because yeah. they move around a lot. And especially in the case of Stuttgart, they move. That's just part of the philosophy. So I struggle a little mm -hmm. bit with that. This is, I'm going to, I'm going to break that, that rule this time. I'm going to get a Legenda one. My question is, which jersey do I get? Because right now they have the home white, they have the away red with the black stripe, and they have all the goalkeeper uniforms. So the raspberry colored one, the yellow one. Uh, but the one I think I'm looking at is the one they barely wore. It was the gray and red striped one. I kind of like that one. But that's my question. So I'm going to break down. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do uh, my part to support the club with a little bit of exorbitant <laughs> shipping price, uh, fees. I think that's the route I'm going to go, gray and black. But I've got about 30 white and red ones, which is kind of also making that decision for me. Yeah. I So I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I've got a couple white ones. Um, but I am in the slim minority of people that like how they did the brewstring this year with ah. the black accents on either side. Mm -hmm. And the white one's the only one that really captures that, that I feel like it really pops on. So I'm, I'm tempted to get the, the white one and that's the one they were wearing in the game. So get that one with the Legendo on the back, mm -hmm. but with 40% off, who can get just one Travis? So that, uh, that raspberry colored one is kind of cool too. And I think my, my girls would get a kick out of dad having a purple soccer shirt that he wears every now and then. That would be pretty sharp. Yeah, I wonder if they'll reissue the special kit uh, from the 92 slash 2002 season. I mean, those things sold out quick. And you've got to know there's a lot of Yahoo's like you and I who are like, yeah, let's do it. If they reissued it, would you get that one instead? I don't think so. I, I like how, I like what they did with it. Uh, I think I remember thinking when they released it, that it was maybe a little bit in bad taste to release a Jersey celebrating a championship in a year that you're uh, in danger <laughs> of being relegated. Um, and I, I said last time we talked that it, it looks like it's right out of the early nineties. Um, it's, it's just not my style. I think they did a great job with it. It's not for me. Um, but I, it makes total sense that they would like, hey, we're going to print an extra thousand of these yeah. and was, limited release, first come, first serve. Yeah, I probably won't get it. It, it. There was a bunch of the guys who 
were walking around in that kit, collegiate. And I remember Eric Tommy when he was getting subbed off at the end, pretending he was super gassed out, <laughs> doing the deep breath Minaj, uh, yeah. <laughs> thing that to waste time. That this kit made these guys look scrawny and small. There was like, I think only yeah. Dino looked like an actual adult male in this thing. Everybody else, it was so baggy, it it didn't accentuate so that, anything. That is a bonus. If it makes them look scrawny and small, maybe it'll make us look <laughs> like normal-sized humans. <laughs> Why work out when you can just, uh, I guess, you know, fake it to make it, as they say. Buy yeah, shirts so, from the '90s instead. Yeah. So if you're going to visit the Stuttgart store, unfortunately, the free shipping is only for uh, fans in Germany. I actually emailed and they got back to me and said that. The uh, kids uh, yeah, forty percent off, so you can save a little money there. The uh, let's Matt, let's wrap this up. Jeff and I are going to touch on this more in part three, but just to get your thoughts on a moment that doesn't matter to us, and that is the relegation playoffs that are taking place. I uh, thank Fritzel that we don't have to worry about this. Like you said last podcast, I love my team, but I only want to watch one more match. <laughs> well, you, yeah, you got your wish. So. Any thoughts on it? It's going to be Berlin versus Hamburg. A Stuttgart connection. You got Felix Magat, who coached for Stuttgart. You got Tim Walter, who coached for Stuttgart. So uh, I think I'm going to try and watch these. And uh, I'm going to be rooting for Hamburg because our mutual buddy, Adrian, pointed out how the Bundesliga funding works. And if, uh, if Herta Berlin stays up, they are, the, the funding breaks down, the higher you're on the table, the more money you get. And it's not just for this season, it's an average over the last five seasons, but you have to be in the first division to get anything. So if Herta Berlin stay in the league, their average position over the last five years is better than ours, which bumps us down the earnings list. Oh, what a gut punch that's gonna be, wow. Yeah, that would be great for us. <laughs> so, Wonderful for us. <laughs> so it's probably not going to happen. There is that. We can't have nice things. Yeah. No. It, it's nice not to have a rooting interest in this. I don't know what's going to happen. I watched a lot of that Hamburg match and yikes. Um, I've always had a soft spot for Tim Balter though. So I'll probably be pulling for Tim Balter in this one. Mm-hmm. He was, he kind of flamed out for us. I didn't quite understand why he flamed out to be quite honest. He was a coach when we were in the second division. We were in third place at the break, and there was something about how he wasn't playing kids. There was something he didn't get along with us then, and he was out, Pellegrino was in. And so I don't truly understand what happened, but I always liked that he had a philosophy. He had a very clear approach to how he wanted to play football. And after a couple years of us not having that, I really did appreciate that. I feel bad because there's a local Hertha Berlin fan that's uh, really, really nearby. He has podcasts, Don't Poke the Bear. And uh, they're having a rough go right now. So, sure. you know, locale-wise, like the, for her to pull it out for his sake, uh, selfishly, you know, Homburg, he doesn't listen to this podcast, so I'll just go Homburg in this one. <laughs> we'll do that. Well, I guess either way you win, because if, if Berlin stay up, you can high-five your buddy and say, hey, you guys survived. And if they don't, you can go, wow, bummer for you. But uh, we can buy another player. <laughs> right. about one last match, the match that nobody, it's everybody on the planet is rooting for Freiburg. The Pokal final, for the first time in a long time, Germany is guaranteed to have a new Pokal champion. 
it's Freiburg versus Leipzig in this one. I mean, I'll be watching that one just like the relegation matches. It's impossible not to pull for Freiburg in this one. Yeah. I'll be pulling for Freiburg. So it, it's Leipzig minus half a goal. So they're the favorites going into this one. That one will be played in Hertha, actually, Berlin in their stadium. So big week of soccer in, in Berlin. Do you got any thoughts on that, Pokal, before we wrap it up today? I'm also pulling for Freiburg just because Leipzig kind of leaves a bad taste in the mouth. Um, but there was a part of me that won't be sad if Leipzig win because then Austin will be sad. <laughs> That's right. The co-host Austin, the Freiburg fan on here, who uh, is very good at not reading the room about when we were doing really well. <laughs> so this is another classic win-win. Matt, how does it feel to have all these wins just rolling I, in right now? I don't. I, I, at some point Saturday afternoon, I was like, I feel like I'm vibrating from the inside somewhere and I don't quite know what to do about it because I don't have this feeling of existential dread hanging over me. And I guess I'll go build a trampoline for my kids. <laughs> you know what? Uh, we're going to move on to part three with Jeff at this point, but I think in a couple of weeks time, we'll do kind of the, the postseason wrap up and review. And, uh, since we're going to have about 30 players on this roster leaving to other teams, I think we can dive into that dread pretty hardcore next time, if you want. It'll be a welcome return to form. <laughs> this happiness is so uh, uncomfortable. I don't know what to do with this feeling. It's positive energy. It's weird. It's, yeah, we're Stuttgart fans, my friend. It's not going to last too long. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> Just like this podcast isn't going to last much longer. Matt, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Travis. See you later. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks to Matt for being on for part two as we talked about some of the stuff that uh, happened for Stuttgart this season, talked a little bit about the game, talked a little bit about what the future is going to hold, and just trying to soak in and uh, drink in the moment, as uh, Jeff said in part one. So Jeff is back with part three. We're going to talk about predictions here. Last week, Austin and Jeff, you guys won the week four wins, two draws, three losses. Travis and Matt went three wins and two draws and four losses. Overall, Travis wrapped up the Meistershaft, which I think I'm going to change my name to. <laughs> oh, wow. Travis Meistershaft <laughs> with 151 wins. Uh, Matt had a 144. Austin and Jeff, you guys now – Jeff, you're in last place. You're about to be relegated. Mm. So you have 140 wins and 10 draws. Okay. He has 141 wins and 11 draws. Mm -hmm. But we've got a couple more matches uh, to pick here. The good news is you did win the Stuttgart picks for the season. You went 19 wins to 14 okay. losses. I was in second with 17 uh, wins. So you crushed it this year with that. Uh, Matt was relegated when it comes to those picks. So, Matt, sorry about that. You owe us we actually never figured out what the uh, what the wager we was. Did. We should never do. So we should make it big. We should. We yeah. Are, are we are the Meister Shaft. You can probably <laughs> think of whatever you, you want to. <laughs> I'll change. Maybe the victory is I get to legally change my name to Meister Shaft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we go. Let's, though, talk about something that we don't actually have to worry about, which for you and I is actually pretty rare. Relegation playoffs. Mm -hmm. So uh, each of us have played in these last year. Your club, Cologne, played against Holstein Kiel. And then a couple of years ago, my club played against Union Berlin. You guys had a victorious result. We did not. So the relegation matches are going to take place this Thursday and Monday. And it's going to be Berlin, Hertha Berlin, is going to be hosting 
the match of uh, the third place team, which is Hamburg, which you and I watched that game the other day. So what do you think of that? We got Hertha Berlin versus Hamburg. Uh, congratulations, by the way, to Schalke, who was promoted a week ago, and Werder Bremen, who was promoted with their victory on Sunday. So it's Hamburg on the road, and then they will host Hertha Berlin. What are your thoughts about that match, other than the thought that it doesn't really matter? It doesn't really matter. And honestly, <laughs> it's going to be – there's already two enormous clubs that just got re-promoted, and there's going to be another big club up again, Hamburger Berlin. Usually, I, I would give the advantage to – and it should be given to, you know, the Bundesliga one team in the playoff because normally the bigger club, normally playing tougher competition. You know, I, I, I am putting – I'm going to – bet that Hamburg is the one that survives this playoff. Berlin does not look good. Normally speaking, if you're the bottom in the playoff, you probably lost your last game. Uh, Berlin has had three opportunities to oh. get one more point they needed and they couldn't do oh, it. That's right. right. They look terrible. Hamburg, of course, uh, finished the season really well, really strong. Had a big win yesterday. I think they have all the momentum. I think they're a big club as well. I I see I see actually Hamburg um, getting promoted after this playoff is done. It's going to be interesting because to your point. I saw something on a Hertha a Twitter account about how Hertha had three chances and they let up a late goal against uh, Bielefeld, then they let up a late goal against Mainz, and then they let up a late goal against Dortmund. And in all three of those same games, Stuttgart scored a late goal against Wolfsburg. Stuttgart got that uns. You know, uh, surprising draw versus Bayern, and then scored the super late goal against uh, your team, uh, Cologne. And how they does that build on them? Does that the weight of having three chances to put this away, but being unable to do it, does it weigh on them? But it'll be interesting too from a Stuttgart perspective because Felix Magat, who is the Berlin coach right now, and Tim Walter, who is the Hamburg coach, are both former Stuttgart coaches. Mm -hmm. And Felix Magat plays a very defensive style of football. Tim Walter plays a very aggressive style of football. The matches that I've watched, typically the B2 club plays really defensive, especially that first match on the road at the big club. But these are two big clubs that it's almost the opposite. I think you're right. I like Hamburg's chances in this one. I think Hertz is reeling a little bit. Uh, Hamburg, though, didn't look great on Sunday. So I could see this going either way. Uh, the spread for this one is Hamburg plus half a goal in this one. It's going to be a tight one. Just so everybody knows, they got away. They got rid of the away goal rule. So now it's just straight up. And if it goes into now, it's, the decision is going to be uh, extra time. And then penalty kicks. So this will kind of be interesting to see how this changes. So, yeah, I like Hamburg in this one as well. You like Hamburg. We don't know anything about the B2, B3 match. It's Kaiser Lawton versus Dresden. Uh, Kaiser Lawton is uh, hosting the first one on Friday. And then next Tuesday, it's going to be Dresden. The one match that we do have remaining that we know a little bit about is Austin's Club Freiburg is the feel-good story. They made it to the Pokal Final. Ooh, Pokal Final. They're going to – that sounds – yeah, pretty – Cosmopolitan there. Wow. <laughs> We're really branching out this final so episode of Meister Shop. <laughs> Meister Shop. The Pokal Meister Shop. Is and that is Freiburg versus Leipzig. Everybody on the planet will be rooting for uh, Freiburg in that one. The spread is Leipzig minus half a goal. What do you think? 
Oh boy. Um, yeah, you know, I'm going to go for Freiburg only because just what you said. I think everyone in the world uh, is pulling for Freiburg. I, I'd love to see them pull that out. They just missed out on Champions League this year. Mm-hmm. They had a great season. I think they ended up sixth place. But just a couple, uh, just fell a little bit short of getting the Champions League. I think that um, I like their chances in this game. I think they're going to have all the. You know, I think all the pressure is probably on Leipzig. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, they did make the Champions League, and I think they've got nothing to lose, and I think they're going to go all out, and I think they're going to win 2-1. to one. Wow. Yeah, I I am going to be rooting for uh, Freiburg. You know, we both love the club. We love the area enough, even though we don't love Austin, who is on the podcast from time to time. Uh, I will be rooting very high, hard for Freiburg. I will be, with my head, though, I'll be taking Leipzig in this one. Minus half the goal, they're the bigger club. Uh, it'll be interesting, though, what's gonna what's gonna happen here in that one. But the best part about most both of these is it doesn't matter, doesn't matter. to us. Doesn't to matter. Us. You know what does matter? Let's wrap this podcast up with this. What does matter is as we look at the glorious table, as you guys finish in seventh, we finish in fifteenth. Let's talk real quick about wagers. I made a number of life and death wagers with you that. Uh, this is pretty classic. I usually wager things, then my team will win, which I'll get the result. But because I'm such a pessimist, I end up losing all kinds of money, all kinds of wagers. Uh, which wager that we made is the one you were most looking forward to cashing in? You know, this is going to cost you probably $500. <laughs> I'm going to cash in on all this. I know, number one, and I think I'm looking forward to this too. I think it's because we get a chance to hang out. Um, you know, you owe me a fancy bougie dinner, fancy bougie, fancy bougie drinks, Mm -hmm. which I will cash in on. And you also owe me a Jersey. I do. I do indeed. I believe. And I think I want to cash in on that one and get the, uh, next year's Hennis road. blue one. Oh, kind of kind of of sharp. Yeah. Um, or if they ever sell the diversity kit, those are kind of cool too, Mm -hmm. but you know, Maybe I'll end up getting both if you want to bet something else. <laughs> um, what other bet would we have? We had something else, I thought. Um, well, yeah, there's the dinner. I owe you a dinner because I thought we would finish in 16th place. I yeah. owe you the jersey for a wager I can't recall about. Oh, maybe it was the amount of points Stuttgart was going to score over the last two matches. You predicted four points, which you nailed. I predicted zero, which happily I was wrong about. I think I also owe myself a jersey from the team shop. I said whoever scored the winning goal, well, I've been saying it the last month, we never scored a winning goal, but whoever scored the winning goal, I would buy their jersey. So I'm going to happily buy a Watoro Endo jersey. Uh, which one? I don't I don't know. They sold out of the special uh, replica kit, so not that one. But lucky for me, everything is 41% off at the team mm-hmm. shop right now, which is a nice round German number. Nice. 41%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so where does that come from? I don't know, but... But yeah. I love it. So I owe you dinner. I owe you drinks. I owe you a jersey. Um, boy, it's going to – yeah, I better start finding a second job. No, the cool thing about it is, like, you – for the entire season, and I think Austin I've been trying to talk at the ledge since literally probably week six. And we like to take advantage of your pessimism mm-hmm. because we know that we can score some, some pretty serious stuff off. Like, yeah, Travis is down. We can basically get anything we want to. Let's bet a fancy dinner and fancy drinks. It's going to cost around 400 bucks. <laughs> Let's do it because I don't think I have anything to lose. 
you know? Uh, I'd probably buy it anyway, so now I got nothing to lose. And, uh, you know, the jersey was a, was a kind of a little um, little cake topper there. I like it. And, you know, actually, you were going to have to buy either a cool Bali jersey or a forage jersey, I think. Going back to the uh, Bayern game, I can't think what the situation <laughs> was for that. I said if they – I kept him whenever the subs were made. When Eric Tommy came on, then uh, Koulibaly came on, and Forster came on, I was like, if we somehow win this match and one of these guys scores, I'm going to buy one of their jerseys. And they had plenty of options, but they knew I am a little bit broke, so they did everything they could to muff every chance they had. Yeah. So, well, Endo didn't, though. So, yeah, I'll be uh, looking forward to getting one of oh, one of those kits here, you know, relatively uh, relatively quickly, actually, to see uh, make good on my wager because I'm a man of my word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of words, I think. You know what? Episode fifty. I think we're we're maxed out on words. I don't. What a great way to end the season. Episode fifty, mm-hmm. the landmark episode. It was a landmark uh, game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty amazing finish. You guys are surviving for next year. Uh huh. Thirty-four more weeks of we're getting relegated from Travis. <laughs> <laughs> Another dinner coming my way. I know. I know. We were. It was funny because Matt and I talked about this a little bit in part two and. There was some stuff on Twitter right after the match about uh, what's next year going to look like. What's next year? I'm like, can we just enjoy this just for a deep second? Breath. Yes. <laughs> next year is going to be brutal, I tell you. It's brutal. It's going to be brutal. <laughs> enjoy the weekend. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the celebration. Worry about ne- let, let them worry about next yeah. year. Take, take, take a few weeks off. Yeah. yeah. Next year's going to be pretty brutal, just like this episode of this podcast was wow. pretty brutal. <laughs> but, Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. Hopefully, you, you yeah. can share in some of our Red Stripe uh lucrative money that's going to no doubt roll in and hopefully uh, offset the cost of the bougie dinner and jersey yeah, i appreciate it no it was great to be on the pod again and i had fun and uh congrats to all the fans out there mm-hmm. um i was i couldn't have lost to a uh at a better week to a better team i was happy to do so mm-hmm. so you're welcome and enjoy the weekend don't worry about next season until next season Yep, I think that's a good plan. So we're going to sign off here for quite some time. Thanks for everybody who's been on the podcast or listened to the podcast over the last uh, season in particular. Episode 50 is in the books. Jeff, let's go celebrate with some red stripe. (laughs) Sounds good to me. (laughs)